This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello everyone and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I am your host, fresh back from Italy, Walling, the elder of Eric's. And today, uh, today's game will be pitting two bench warmers and two guests, but not against each other. Just kind of mixed up, you know, like your favorite kind of salad. Uh, today's game will be pitting a team of Josh Bombeck and returning player Joe O'Brien and Mr. David Lux, who you've heard giggle already, and returning player Adrian Bias. All right, let's start with our guests here first. Uh, I'm going to go with Joe first. Joe, uh, a equipment manager from our Patreon group. Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself or remind us a little bit about yourself, who you root for, uh, where you're from, and any other thing exciting going on in your life right now. Uh, hi, I'm Joe. I'm living in Northern California, but a, a fan of all things Boston. And I am I'm actually fresh from Portugal. Got oh. back a couple days ago. Things are good up here in the Sierra Nevadas. Uh, my oldest child is a recently licensed driver, which is, you know, awesome in terms of convenience and terrifying in terms of any time he leaves the house. But uh, in general, things are going great, uh, minus the fact that the Red Sox can't get over 500 and the Patriots desperately need a quarterback. I'm excited for the Celtics season with Drew Holiday. I think they gave up a little bit too much for him, but, you know, we've got a pretty front-loaded team, so as long as they stay healthy. What I'm really excited for, though, uh, is the Bruins season. I'm really hoping they have a bounce back after having that, you know, best regular season of all time to just get bounced in the first round. So, anyway, uh, long story short, everything's great. Life moves on. I am not looking forward to the day that a kid of mine drives out of the garage on their own. It is absolutely terrifying. Well, I have a few more years left to worry about that. Uh, Mr. Josh, what are you up to? What's going on in your life? And which, what's your team name? I'm distracted today because uh, the Twins are playing right now and they're winning in the second game of the ALDS. Three to nothing in the bottom of the fourth. So we'll, you know, I'm just going to have my eyes on that. So sorry, Joe, we'll, we'll see how good I am at any trivia today. And Joe, I'm sorry, you're not going to get a lot of sympathy from people because the last 20 years, your Boston teams did plenty fine and won plenty of championships. So a down season or a couple of down seasons, wham. Um <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we are on season five of the Patriots being anywhere from mediocre to bad. Okay, so, you and, know, but okay, before that five, for, it was twenty. It was twenty good years. It was twenty so, good years. Okay, so I, I think you're doing fine. I, I think you know. All in all, I'll take it. But yeah, so obviously uh, I'm a little distracted today, but otherwise I'm good. Yeah, and our team name for today, since I wasn't okay with us using any of the Minnesota people who went to Boston and won championships, we went back a little bit farther uh, before Boston started having all of the uh, championship success. And we found a player that we both enjoyed watching. One actually did win a championship for the Twins. Uh, He didn't quite get one, but he was a a very good player in Minnesota and in Boston, and that is Tom Bernanski. So we are the Tom Bernanski fan club. 
All right. And I am a fan of Tom Bernanski's mustache that he sported at some point. It was a top-notch sports mustache. All right. Well, we will go over to our other team and our other returning guest, Mr. Adrian. Remind us a little bit about yourself, who you root for, and, and what you're up to these days. Uh, not much. Not much. I'm here in the Baltimore area where it was not a good weekend this weekend for sports teams in Baltimore. Uh, the Orioles lost the first two of their ALDS series, and the Ravens snatched defeat from the jaws of victory today <laughs> against the Steelers. So, you know, and like like Joe said, I'm I'm looking forward to the cap season to see, you know, Ovi keeps going and I guess I'm looking forward to watching the Wizards play question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. And just glad to be here. Right. And Mr. David, what are you up to, and what is your team name going to be today? I'm good. Not a whole lot going on. Uh, just got over another cold, and it wasn't COVID for a change, so that's something. But uh, yeah, Adrian and I paired up once before, and we were trying to, you know, the 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 early stress of trying to come up with a good team name. Since Adrian is in Baltimore, we decided to go for a Baltimore reference and combine that with a sports reference, and tonight we are going to be wire to wire. All right. Well, we have wildly differential, differentiated team names. The Tom Bernanski Fan Club versus Wire to Wire. And let's kick it over to the ghost of Dan for rules. He goes to Benchwarmer past. Yeah. <laughs> 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 The game will consist of four quarters of play, each with different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. All right, today's first quarter will be pre- and post-game. Pre- and post-game. For this quarter, there will be four before- and after-style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, the answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 25 points. All right, question number one in pre- and post-game. This 2023 NBA All-Defensive Team member led the league in dunks in 2023, was an All-Rookie Team member in 2022, after being named the Pac-12 Player of the Year the year prior, who is also the Brazilian guard that played 14 seasons in the NBA, won the 2007 Six Man of the Year with Phoenix, won a championship with Golden State in 2014, and currently coaches with the Sacramento Kings. All right, we'll check in. All right, Wire to Wire has checked in. So the Bernanski Fan Club, talk it out. I have no idea about currently coaching with the Kings, but I am pretty sure that the first two clues about the second person are leading me to Leandro Barbosa. Okay. Definitely Brazilian, played a long time. 
Um, definitely played with both Phoenix and Golden State. I don't know when and all of that, but played with those two teams. Hey. So something that ends with Lee. Uh, led the league in dunk, so a big man. So who are the two in Cleveland? Allen and uh, who's the other big guy in Cleveland? Do you remember? Um, Mobley? Evan Mobley? There you go. Evan Mobley, Andrew Barbosa. Oh, yeah. That works. I have no idea if that's right, but I don't think. Hey, that's... you know what? It works. There's a good chance of it. So let's, we're going to check in with that. So Evan Mobliandro Barbosa. There we go. All right. And wire to wire. Yeah. We also checked in with Evan Mobliandro Barbosa. Both teams are receiving points. Well done. There was a lot of clues to get you there, but. Fun fact, in January, uh, Mobley became the fourth player since the three-pointer was adopted to score 38 or more points without a three or a free throw. So it was like 19 dunks, basically. All right. Yeah. All right, question number two. This two-time major winning professional golfer, ranked number three in the world from the Basque region of Spain, is the only Spaniard in the U.S. Open in the history of the event, who is also the 2021 fourth round pick out of Oklahoma that was the 2020 Cotton Bowl MVP, who is currently the lead running back for a team in the AFC East. We'll check it in. All right, Wire to Wire is not going Wire to Wire and checking in quickly. Uh, So Tom Bernanski fan club, you boys can talk it out. I haven't even finished reading the question yet. (laughs) AFC East lead running backs. Okay, so that's Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots. It's Raheem Mostert for the Dolphins. It's James Cook for the the Bills. And then for the Jets, I guess you would call it Brees Hall? Yeah. Brees Hall's from Iowa State, so we know he's out. Okay. Uh, Ramondre went to Alabama, did he not? I don't remember. Oh, it's John Ram. John Ramondre Stevenson? Yeah. Because John Ram is Spanish. He is? Yes. All right. There it is. I guess Ramondre went to Oklahoma. So why don't you check that in? We will check in John Ramondre Stevenson. All right. And wire to wire, what'd you have? Well, by the time I was done typing, that I think I, I knew John Ram was um, a Spaniard and I know he's a highly rated golfer. I had no clue what part of Spain he was from, but that makes sense. By the time I said, I think the first half is John, or yeah, the first half is John Rom. Adrian had already typed back John Rom, Rom Andre Stevenson. So we checked him with the same thing. Both teams, again, receiving their points. The correct answer was John Rom Andre Stevenson. Really have much else to add to that other than Rom made mincemeat of all of his competition against the U.S. uh, this week. Or no, last week, sorry. And I was very sad by Sunday. You got to watch some good golf. I did. It was pretty cool. Just being was there. it was mostly played by the Europeans. Yeah, and like the drama was pretty much like cooked by Friday at like <laughs> lunchtime. Were there other Americans there? There were a lot of other Americans there, actually. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we were still vastly outnumbered by European fans, um, but there was a pretty decent contingent of of American fans there. I would say. All right. Question number three in pre and post game. This Canadian former Predators, Red Wings, Devils, and Blackhawks winger and great agitator from 2003 to 2017 was the first player of Inuk descent to play in the NHL, 
who is also the former Louisville wide receiver that holds the school record for receiving yards in a season and was a second-round pick by the Rams in 2021. We're going to check in. All right. Wire to Wire has checked in. So, Tom Bernanski Fan Club, you gentlemen can talk it out. The receiver, I think, is Tutu Atwell. There's a, there's a guy. Oh, God, I can picture him in a Red Wings uniform. Rutu? I always thought he was finished, that guy, though. Oh, I, I think Rutu is. I think so. Agitator. All right. So, it recent, like, I should know this guy's name. I, I, I watch hockey enough. So, either ends in two or two, two. I don't, I, none of that's ringing a bell for me. It'd be really nice if Jonathan Chichu would get out of my head. <laughs> I'm just getting myself mentally prepared to bust out my signature phrase. So. <laughs> You need a lot of time to psych yourself up, do you, Josh? Well, I got plenty of time right now because I've got nothing on the first half of this. So, okay. So, let me practice a little bit here. (laughs) Exactly. I just love the fact you have to gear yourself up like it's some kind of warm up routine. Well, you normally get the weight for it. That that's that's usually my primer. That's right. I'm just picturing you coming in in your warm ups, right? Like you got the sweats on. Like it looks right. I don't have any owl sweats. I should get some though. That'd be cool. Well, Joe, if you if you don't have it, all right, need an answer. Desmond Tutu Atwell. <laughs> <laughs> right, the first uh, Archbishop answer uh, in Ben Schwimmer's trivia podcast history, potentially. Wire to wire, what did you have? Uh yeah, so we got Tutu Atwell pretty quickly, and the only reason I know this has come up on the show before, maybe even in a pre pre and post game, but I'm pretty sure it's Jordan Tutu Atwell. One team receiving their points. The correct answer was Jordan Tutu Atwell. Uh, Jordan Tutu ended his 14-year career with 65 goals, 96 assists, and 1,010 penalty minutes. (laughs) That's awesome. Yes, in his 723 career games. After the COVID, I think after COVID happened or after he retired, he went back into Canada um, and works mostly teaching hockey to indigenous children now. Nice. That's nice. Yeah. That is very nice. But before I say anything else, I must say, who? No. Tutu? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think, by the way, you've inspired me. I think we need to come up with a way that there could be a bench warmers penalty box in the middle of the game. Just come up come up with some reason for putting players in the penalty box. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Two minutes to eat for not reading. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Two minutes for skimming. All right. On to question number four of pre- and post-game. This former Taiwanese pitcher for the Orioles and Marlins was the first MLB player from his country to start an ALCS game in 2014, who is also the former Taiwanese pitcher for the Yankees, Nationals, Jays, and Royals that led the American League in wins in 2006 and finished second to Johan Santana in Cy Young voting that year. Dave is probably nothing like that now, too. That's the rhythm of his name, like what I just typed you, but I can't. I, it's something. You just say the rhythm of his name? <laughs> well, you, if you knew what I typed, you would see why. Because <laughs> it's the rhythm of his name. <laughs> Sorry. So after, after Josh's comment, David, we are also struggling with the rhythm of the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need some answers here. Yeah, we, we're we're tapping. 
Wire to Wire is punting to the Tom Brunanski fan club. So with the last few seconds, we just tuck one out. Well, I, I think uh, Joe stumbled upon the second half when he first he first said Wan Ming Chen, and he's like, or maybe that's backwards. And it's like, yeah, I think that is completely backwards. I think it is Chen Ming Wan. I, that is a name I have heard, and I think that's the second half. So then... The only Chen I know is Bruce Chen, but Bruce Chen, I wrote a question, as David would probably be able to tell you. <laughs> I wrote a question, and I know that Bruce Chen was Panamanian Chinese. Your category was something about Panama because it was Van Halen. I, I remember that in my um, in my flavor text, I had that he played for China in, okay. I think, two World Baseball Classics ago. But you know what, though, Joe? Let's just answer that because it's at least an answer that flows together, even though it won't be correct. There has to be another Chen, though. I'm sure there is. I We don't have time. So All right. we're going to check in with Bruce Chen Mingwan. And did you, did the uh, wire to wire, wire, wire gentleman, did you want to offer anything else? Well, we had, we had Chen Mingwan and uh, I said, it's maybe offensive, but I said the, the guy's name we're looking for, I can't remember what it is, but it's in the rhythm of Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> That's what I, I mean, something that sounds vaguely like that. And I just can't place the, the name. I, so anyway, I, that's why we tapped. Wu-Tang Chen? No. It's not Wu-Tang Chen. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, David's new Taiwanese rap group that he's trying, <laughs> rap super group that he's trying to start. Up. Well, surprise, surprise to no one that neither team is receiving points. <laughs> um, you both did find the second half of the answer is Chen Ming Wong. However, you missed the first half of the answer, which is Wei Yin Chen. Oh. So the correct answer was Wei Yin Chen Ming Wong. Okay. Who? He was, uh, Wei Yin Chen was described as a quote, extreme fly ball pitcher. That sounds like he gives up home runs. They are they are also the only Taiwanese pitchers to make more than 100 starts in MLB history, oh. and the only Taiwanese pitchers to start opening day for a club in opening in MLB history. All right, well, good to know. All right, well, after the first quarter, we have scores of the Tom Bernanski Fan Club with 50, and Wire to Wire with 75. We wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon. If you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Today's second quarter will be... David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of three pairs of questions. One easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, the teams will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 25 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. Fun facts that Eric found while he was sifting through the internet on a 12-hour flight, unable to sleep. Question number one, David. What MLB team had the worst run differential for the 2023 season 
at minus 339. Question number two, Goliath. What playoff team had the worst run differential who made the playoffs despite a whopping negative 57 run differential? We're going to check in. All right. Wire to Wire has checked in. Tom Bernanski fan club, you guys get to talk it out again. I think this time we're pretty close on their heels. Are you ready to check in with that, Josh? Yeah, I, I, like I said, uh, when we were thinking about the teams that were the wild card round teams, and I heard on one of the podcasts, I don't know if it was Pardon the Interruption or Pablo Torre's current thing that he's got, that the Marlins had a negative run differential. I don't know if any other team did or not, but since they talked about it, I have a feeling that that's a good chance that this is the answer. So I'm, I feel comfortable trying for the Goliath with the Miami Marlins. I also like that because they were a road team in the wild card round, which means you made the playoffs, but not by a ton. So we're going to check in with Miami. All right. And wire to wire, what did you have? I must have heard the same podcast that Josh did. I, I think there were two teams with negative differentials. I think it was the Marlins and it may have been the Diamondbacks actually had the other one. So yeah, we checked in the Goliath with the Marlins. All right. Well, since nobody checked in the David, I will spoil that one for you. I think it really wasn't close. The Oakland A's by 103 runs had the worst differential in MLB. The next closest team was the Rockies. But the playoff team with the worst run differential with minus 57 was the Miami Marlins. So points to both teams. Yeah. the You're right. The Diamondbacks were the other team with a negative run differential that made the playoffs. I almost tried to find a way to put this into a trivia question, but I couldn't. So here you go. The Marlins were 161 runs worse than the San Diego Padres, who wow. didn't make the playoffs with a plus 104 run differential. Question number two of David versus Goliath. David, just a reminder for everyone listening, I just got back from the Ryder Cup. The U.S. golfers with the most Ryder Cup appearances as a partnership with nine, including three at the 2023 tournament. Question number two, Goliath. The European Ryder Cup golfers with the most appearances as a partnership at 15. Oh, dear God. To me, that David is a Goliath. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, one of these is a David? So the European duo is in history versus yes, the American in history. duo. Okay. The U.S. guys are current. The European guys are not. Got it. We'll check in. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> wire to Wire has checked in again, leaving the Bernanski boys to talk it out. So I, I have nothing to, to, other than I was just like, hey, he had the one Spanish, the current Spanish guy. Could it be the other Spanish guys that I know? Because there's two of them. Right, right, right. And I'm not sure about Faldo and Montgomery. I'm, I think they they overlapped some. I don't know if they were. No, I full. feel like Faldo was earlier than Montgomery. Yeah, I think they probably overlapped a bit. So where we're at is we have absolutely no clue about current American. Uh, well, at least I don't have. I don't. I don't. I have no idea. American golfers. So it could be you could pick Watson and Johnson and like I can name them. But like I don't know who's pairing up at the Ryder Cup. So we're actually kind of just shooting for Goliath here. So we're just naming guys that played a lot of Ryder Cups for the European side, Montgomery, Longer. And by the way, I have no idea how they determine who pairs up with who. Uh, the captain picks it. I'm going to need an answer. Okay. Uh, let's just go with what you said. So let's just go... Sevi Ballesteros and Jose Maria Olathabal. Oh, I think 
Olathebel is more in Garcia's range than Seve. Seve's a long time ago. Seve was it was like eighties, nineties. I I wouldn't say Garcia. Okay, uh, Garcia's still currently like a golfing person. Pick whatever you want, Josh. I I, I don't know. Literally, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, do you, you like Garcia better? Yeah. Seve, Seve's so long ago that I don't think it's Seve. All right, then you you go with it. Go with it. I'm gonna split the middle and I'm gonna go Olathebel and Montgomery. Why not? Oh. All right. Totally out of left field. Cool. All right. And, and wire to wire. We kind of had we're on the same thought pattern. So we went with Sevi and Jose Maria Olathebel. Right. Well, since you guys don't like America, uh, the <laughs> American pairing that played three times won a half a point together and could not hit the ball off the tee uh, if their life depended on it was Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. The two best buds, if you watch uh, the uh, full swing on Netflix or anything along those lines. Both captains picked, both awful. The pairing that is played 15 times together involved a golfer who was active from the 70s until the mid-90s, which is probably later than you guys gave him credit for, and one that just retired recently. That was Seve Ballesteros and Jose Maria Olathebel. One team receiving their points. I am so sorry. I don't apologize. I had no actual reason to have come up with them. I was like, hey, a country I can think of, three golfers. We talked about one earlier. That's the only reason I came up with those two names. Here's the reason why I'm apologizing, because if I had just shut up, we would have gotten the points. (laughs) (laughs) Out of sheer luck. As soon as he said Seve, I was like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Seve is sort of synonymous with uh, the Ryder Cup for Europe. He is the most successful player in their history. That pairing was 11-2-2 and as a pairing, which is sort of unheard of. They are by far and away the most successful and most frequent pairing in Ryder Cup history. And don't, Joe, don't feel bad. Like I said, throw out some names. That's all I did. I appreciate you saying that, but I'm still going to feel bad. <laughs> just because if you'd let it, if you'd let me go with what I had said initially, we would have gotten yeah. points. <laughs> if I just kept my mouth quiet, would have been right. fine. In my, in our house, we call that Joe a misplaced feel bad. Okay, so just <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. I'll get over it, but it does it stings. <laughs> all right, question number three, David. Name me. This is way more David than the last David, by the way. I hope. Question number three, David. Name me the teams that competed this weekend for the Little Brown Jug Trophy. Question number three, Goliath. Name me the teams that are competing next week for the Fremont Cannon Trophy. Do you want to tap and go for David? Yeah. Not that we should tell these guys what we're doing, but all right. We're going to tap and go for David. We'll check in. Oh, you're going for the easy one. <laughs> wire, wire to wire has tipped their hat or tipped their cap or tipped. Their, their jug tip tip their yeah. waiters and uh is is kicking it over to the Bernanski men again to talk it out oh i'm a hundred hundred million percent um david that it's right yeah, yeah. minnesota mm-hmm. michigan i've only seen it a few times uh in person in possession by the golden gophers because they don't often have that trophy and they don't this year no no they do not but if we're going to go for it, I mean, I like your thinking about it being a Nevada. Th- uh, all right. So I actually lived in Fremont, California for a long time. 
Where where is Fremont? I don't even know where that is. Fremont, California is between Oakland and San Jose. Uh not too far from San Francisco, but closer to Oakland and San Jose. Like I said, my brain went to Fremont Street and the Fremont experience because that had to be named after somebody. So it could be two Nevada schools. It could be, for all I know, it could be like Stanford, San Jose State. But um, the Fremont Canon, I've never heard of. I've not heard of it. I have no, other than thinking that if to me, it would be very strange if there was a UNLV connection, that it would be anything but an in-state I mean, I know it's a Goliath, but who knows anything about UNLV football? Right. So I don't even think their students know anything about UNLV football. My inclination is to go for the David. We're behind, though. So if you feel good about UNLV and Nevada, I don't feel I. So I'm 100 million percent on the David and it's a 50 50 toss up that that it's connected to Fremont street in Vegas. I, I, it could be literally anywhere else. I need an answer. Gentlemen. So do you just want to go with the David just to get yeah, our points? Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Since we don't really know anything, we were just shooting guesses out of a cannon. We're <laughs> going to check in with the David, my Minnesota golden gophers and the Michigan Wolverines. All right. And wire to wire. What did you have? So we also checked in with the David of Michigan and Minnesota we were thinking it was probably somewhere west, and we actually kicked around Nevada and UNLV, but we didn't feel comfortable going for it. The one thing I will say is my first comment was, isn't Freeman Cannon one of Nick Cannon's 15 kids? It just sounds like it should be. <laughs> so anyway, yes. Yeah, so we checked in with the with the David, Minnesota and Michigan. So yeah, both teams are receiving the David points, uh, Minnesota and Michigan, in a very one-sided affair, contested the Little Brown Jug trophy this weekend. Next weekend, uh, meeting for something like the 58th time, I think, celebrating everyone's favorite debaucherous street name will be UNLV and Nevada for the Fremont Canyon. Joe, once again, that's just sheer luck that that had anything to do with the (laughs) Fremont experience. So it's named after the same guy who was... sure. Governor of Arizona Territories, John... John C. C. Fremont. Right. Same name. Uh, it's a replica of a howitzer cannon that he used. It weighs 545 pounds, cost $10,000 to make. It is the heaviest and most expensive rivalry trophy in all of college football. So there you go. <laughs> so it's stupid. It is very stupid. Like it is, <laughs> it's, it makes no sense whatsoever. Like somebody was like, hey, we should build this cannon. That- Trophies are meant to be able to run across to the other yes. team, pick the thing <laughs> up, and like celebrate so maybe- with it. So they lose on purpose so they don't have to carry it home is what you're saying. It's really what it comes down <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw the game. Throw the game. Right, exactly. Yes. Throw the cannon. Yes. You all play poker every now and again, right? Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. You ever have one of those nights where you feel like every time you throw them in, you should have kept them, and every time you keep them, you should have thrown them in? <laughs> and you fold every 2-7 goes 2-2-7. Two, two, yeah. yeah, no, but yeah, see, those yeah. are proper folds even if you get what... I yeah, I would, live, I would be able to live with that. I'm folding... Play like, the odds. Play the odds. Ace-10 and getting Jack Queen. Oh, no, no, no. So we didn't have ace-10s. Yeah. We, we had like... We had like... A pair of eights. Queen-9. Eight-3. Yeah, and all of a sudden, suit. ten Jack King comes up. He had Queen Nine offsuit <laughs> because because a Queen Nine offsuit would not be a hand you would want to stay in on. 
Well, call it what you want, but I feel like I'm making the wrong call every single time. Uh, at the end of two quarters, we have a score of Tom Bernanski Fan Club with 125 and Wire to Wire leading Wire to Wire so far with 200. That brings us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be three entertainment questions. Each question is worth 25 points. All right, today's halftime is going to is thematic because everyone loves a good famous celebrity couple in light of of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift being all the rage in my house, mostly because I'm such a big Taylor Swift fan. But we're going to talk about famous couples that maybe didn't end as well as we hope that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift do. So I'm going to name you the celebrity or the sorry, the celebrity or athlete and the year they were married. You tell me who their spouse was during that time. So for example, Chris Humphreys from 2011 to 2013. Uh-uh. <laughs> Kim Kardashian. Whichever, whichever Kardashian. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. This isn't how long they were married. This is how long they were together. Uh, no, this is how long they were married. So. Technically, they were married for 72 days. Uh, fair. Yeah. Okay. Just All saying. Right. So maybe that was how long they were together. The, 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 and the def- So you're giving us when the divorce was final. So from yeah, marriage yeah. to final divorce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, yeah. that's way too long for, for that marriage. Yes. You know a lot about that, John. Uh, I asked a question. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's come up on the my podcast. Last, my last hosting was head up. Oh, okay. <laughs> question number one will be Brooke Shields from 1997 to 1999. Check in. Tom Bernanski Fan Club has checked in, so wire to wire. I think you guys were also ready to check in. Yeah, it's our it's yeah. our first chance to talk it out. I think we should stretch it out. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's Andre Agassi, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not arguing with that. Yeah, all right. We'll check in with Agassi. And Tom Bernanski fan club? Uh, same thing. Andre Agassi. Points all around. Well done. Just shy of two years, actually. Brooke, Brooke Shields is married to Andre Agassi. Question number two. Dario Franchitti, 2001 to 2013. We'll check in. All right. Wire to Wire has checked in. So Tom Bernanski fan club, talk it out. Go ahead, Josh. the one that... Is he the race car driver that was married to Ashley Judd? She seems more like a NASCAR person to me, but I'll. I'll no, I'll... no, it was it was a uh, it it was not a NASCAR person. It was it was definitely a, a European. Uh, Great, let's go with it. I, I literally, I, think, I know. Who... I think that's. I think that's who it was. So. Yeah, I I know who the, I know the name Dario Franchitti, but I don't know. I, I think Ashley that's. Judd I think great. I know she married a, a a European race car driver, and I think that's. I think that's it. So we're going to check in with Ashley Judd. All right, wire to wire. Yeah, we also checked in with Kentucky's number one fan, Ashley Judd. That's right. Both teams are receiving their points. The correct answer was Miss Front Row at a Kentucky game herself, Ashley Judd. All right, and last but not least. Who was married to Jeff Galuli from 1990 to 1993? <laughs> <laughs> we can check in. <laughs> All right. Tom Bernanski's fan club has checked in, so wire to wire. You want to tuck it out? Yes. I, I'm pretty sure the answer is famous Oregonian. <laughs> Tanya Harding, yeah? We will check in with Tanya Harding. All right. And Tom Bernanski fan club? Yeah, yeah. Margot Robbie uh, portrayed her very well in I, Tanya. That would be uh, Tanya Harding. Yet again, both teams receiving points. Well done. You know your celebrity failed marriages. Uh, Adrian, another one for you real quick. Um, what if I said 
Terry Run, aka Marlena, from 1993 to 1999. Oh yeah. Oh yes, yeah, Dustin yeah. Rhodes. Dustin Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin Reynolds. I thought that might be a little too. Uh, I, I, that was a backup question, but I, I did want uh, to put that one in there. We would have been good with the wrestling. I'm not sure I know either of those two names. I kind of figured uh, that. Do you remember Gold Gold Dust? She was Dusty, but Dusty Rhodes had two kids. One of them is Dustin Rhodes, who was Gold Dust, and he was married to to Terry Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then wait, and wait, she's the one who no, 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 sorry, that's the wrong one. One of them, one of them ended up getting divorced and then ended up marrying Brock Lesnar. Um that's Sable. That's that's, that's Sable. Sable. That's Sable, yeah. yeah, you're right. I promise Once you. Once again, a Minnesota guy. I got to no, know right. everything about know. it. Yeah, <laughs> Minnesota guy. Absolutely. I promise you I know less about wrestling than anybody who's ever been on your podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, then it's a good thing I, I dodged that question then. All right. <laughs> Do you know which wrestler gets the cannon when they win the oh, – never mind. Forget it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll uh, John C. Fremont. Um, <laughs> uh, exactly. At the end of halftime, the scores have changed, but the lead has not. Tom Bernanski Fan Club has 200, and Wire to Wire has 275. Now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. Today's third quarter will be five on three. Five on three. For this quarter, there will be three categorized lists containing five items where each item is worth ten points. The teams will attempt to guess as many items as they can. However, if a team has an incorrect guess, they will receive zero points for that list. List number one. Name me the five pitchers to strike out 1,000 different batters in their MLB career. Hint. All that have retired have done so within the past 30 years. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's do it. Really? Right, we're we're going to check in. Oh, all right. Tom Bernanski Fan Club has checked in. So wire to wire, talk it out. So we went through the obvious suspects right off the bat. When when Walling said they all retired in the last 30 years, that just gets in Ryan. So Nolan Ryan is an obvious one. Big Unit is an obvious one. Clemens is a fairly obvious one. And then Adrian said Greg Maddox. And I think there's a guy who joined the club this year, which is why I think this is an interesting five-on-three. And then we were talking about who that was, because I feel like I saw it, but I couldn't remember who it was. And Adrian said maybe it was Max Scherzer. And Adrian, are you, I mean, are you willing to follow this and go with this guy as a fifth, or do you want to just go for So I'm thinking the fifth one is Granky, but I'm 75% sure. I'm definitely not close to 100. So what do you think, Adrian? Do we go for all five? Uh- I'm crazy enough to say let's go for all five. All right. All right. We're going to check in with with um, Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Greg Maddox, and Zach Greinke. All right. Tom Bernanski Fan Club, what would you check in with? Well, you guys aren't crazy because we checked in with the exact same five. Why does that mean we're not crazy? What if we're all crazy? 
<laughs> no, the only the only one that's maybe the crazy would have been Granky, but yeah. I saw I saw that that he did it this year. So okay, okay. so the other four are pretty, yeah, uncrazy, pretty yeah. uncrazy. So yeah, so we we checked in with the same five. The list of one through five with one thousand one hundred and eighty two Lynn Nolan Ryan. Uh, at the top of the list, number two on that list, Randy Johnson with 1,123 different batters. Number three on that list is actually Greg Maddox with 1,049. Number four, Roger Clemens with 1,022 and accomplishing it this year by striking out Joey Weimer on one of the worst strike three calls you will ever see. <laughs> Zach Greinke. Who's now how many? Teams. I did not, you know, I didn't see how many he's at like total for the year. Um, I tried to find that and couldn't, couldn't find the stat, but I just found who he was, who was his last. I saw that the Royals announced it. So points to both teams. Well done. All right. List number two, name me the five currently undefeated college football teams that do not play in the ACC, the big 10 or the PAC 12. It's a weird exclusion. This was going to be the non-power five teams that were undefeated, and then two of them like lost. So there's an extra <laughs> hint for you. Um, <laughs> Wait, when you say okay, sorry, Walling, when you say college football team, you mean like the major? Like this is not going to be like you know, yeah, yeah, Lin, no, Lin, no. Linfield College or whatever, right? This no, is no, like no, 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 no. This is an FBS. This is oh, FCS okay, conferences. Okay. Yes. Okay, so. okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say there's a hell of a lot more. Um. Yeah. No. 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 If I. If I. Let's put it this way. If I go to the standings page on ESPN and I click. Yes. 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 Div- like one A. Yeah. This is the five teams that aren't in those conferences that are undefeated. I. I think we let. Let's go for the ones we've got. Okay. Th- you right. want to go for all three? Yeah. And okay. We're We're going to tell them right now. We're checking in with all three. <laughs> all right. I, I'm, in, I'm impressed you've come up with a third. Yeah, we're stuck at two. we're stuck at two. Well, we might be wrong. We might be wrong. I don't. I wouldn't bet that much on it. All right. So you've checked in. Yes. Yeah. Wired Wired Wire checked in with their three allegedly. So need something <laughs> from you guys. Right. Yeah. So we have Georgia and Oklahoma. Um, I don't. When you take three of the power five conferences out. I don't think there's anybody else in the SEC that's undefeated. I don't think so. And I don't think there's anyone else in the big 12. I mean, (laughs) they're like six or whatever. I don't know. LSU and Missouri played LSU won, but they have a loss. Yeah, I don't think there's another S. I don't think there's another undefeated SEC team. I think I don't we got Georgia, Oklahoma. My guess is there are three non-power non-power five, five and yeah. I couldn't tell you who any of them are. I'm trying to think of the teams that have snuck up into the rankings, but Fre- I, I, Fresno State was one of them, but I think they lost. They lost to Wyoming. Yeah, I think they lost to Wyoming. But right, I need. I, let's just need check answers. in with the two then, because I have no idea. About any non-power five, unless you do. All right. Nope. Let's All just. Right. I I can't think of it off the top of my head. All so. right. So we're gonna check in with Oklahoma and Georgia. All right. And wire to wire. So we got Oklahoma and Georgia pretty quickly. Yeah, those are, and then got to the same conclusion that they did. The only one I know about 
that I have a bead on is just because they're not that far from here. And that's James Madison. I'm pretty sure they're undefeated. And I feel like there might be another school in Virginia that may also be undefeated, but I, I can't place who that is. So we checked in with Oklahoma, Georgia, and James Madison. Both teams are receiving their points. Georgia and Oklahoma are the SEC and Big 12 teams that remain undefeated after this weekend. James Madison out of the Sun Belt is currently 5-0. and The Virginia team you were thinking of is Jerry Falwell's own Liberty and uh, Conference USA. I blocked them out. Who <laughs> uh, is also, I think, 5-0. and And I can't believe you unpatriotic guys who continue to hate America on this show in front of all of America, Air Force is undefeated. Oh, huh. why? Why would that make us unpatriotic? Maybe we were leaning that one of the other service academies. Was <laughs> all right, okay, I'll let you off the hook. Um, like the Coast Guard, go Academy. Navy. Yeah, the Coast Guard. Yeah, go Coast Guard. The Coast Guard Academy. <laughs> Coast Guard. Yeah. I, I watched Army lose to BC, so I knew it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah, and so I yes. knew Navy got shelled by Notre Dame in Ireland. That's, That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well done to those teams. Again, I was going to make it the non-Power 5 schools, and then two of them lost this weekend. There are three undefeated teams in those confer- in each of those conferences. Louisville, Florida State, North Carolina in the ACC. Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State in the Big Ten. And USC, Oregon, Washington in the Pac-12. So yeah. 14 teams left. Adrian, That's did right. you... Did you think of Liberty? Is that why I saw you sigh and like lean to the right? No, I had thought of, because when he said another Virginia school, I thought it was Old Dominion. Oh. Oh. I'm just glad that it wasn't an Ivy League school, because then I would have had to just quit, end end the recording, or right away to stop it, so it couldn't be done, because, you know. Ivy League is not, they're not major, though. They're whatever, you know, they call one double A. They're not, they're not in the, they're in the... No. The FBS or whatever. FBS, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know because you never hear about them winning anything. So <laughs> there's I a never reason. hear about them playing yeah. uh, <laughs> North Dakota State or South Dakota right. State right. or That's any right. of those Dakota states. On to list number three. I promised you another hockey question. Oh, Name no. me <laughs> the non-original six NHL teams with the most points as a franchise. We're going to check in. All right, Wire to Wire has checked in. Uh, Tom Berdansky Fan Club, you got about a minute to talk it out. We're pretty set on... uh, So it was just six until 1967. Correct. And then the Flyers, Blues, and I know came in in 67. Stars came in, and I think the Penguins came in. I do too. There might be another one or two more teams. I can't remember right offhand. So the teams um, were tossing about. Well, I thought about the Capitals for a minute, but they were later and they were terrible in their first handful of years. Yeah, they were, they were pretty good in the eighties, but like they they were the worst team in history when they first showed up for the first two years. They were like the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um. The Nordiques, which became the Avalanche. I think they didn't come in until the later 70s. That could be true. Um, The other teams I'm thinking about are the Whalers slash Hurricanes. But the Whalers, as an Adams Division kid growing up, the Whalers were... tell you, I, I don't know if I'll feel comfortable beyond the four from 67. I think... There's a good chance all the four we've mentioned 
Yeah, um, I'm trying to find that light that needle in a haystack, but I don't think I got it. So I, let's I, just go so with I the think, four. Yeah, so go with the Flyers, Blues, Stars, and Penguins. Yes. North Stars slash Stars, whatever you want to freaking call them. All right, we're going to check <laughs> in with those four. All right. And wire to wire? We were along the same thought pattern, and we, you know, we also checked in with the Blues, Flyers, Penguins, and – Stars slash North Stars. Uh, I will go down the list. Uh, number one on that list, the Philadelphia Flyers, 4,934 points. The St. Louis Blues with 4,674 points. The Pittsburgh Penguins with 4,534 points. The Stars franchise, I did not put a location on them, uh, for 4,511 and the only non-1967 franchise team on the top five list, the Buffalo Sabres with 4,352. Oh, wow. uh, had I, I thought of them, had I thought of them, I would have pushed for them. Ooh. I, the, I know they, they, had some, they had some really good success for a long stretch, but then they've just been so god-awful. For... Nobody, nobody thinks of the Sabres. That's, I mean, <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Not yeah. even people in Buffalo think of That's the Sabres. That's exactly so I have other... relatives. I have relatives in Buffalo, and they're all Bruins fans. <laughs> <laughs> the other, the other sixty-seven franchise who's played just as many games as those sixty-seven teams, but not near as many points. The Kings, mm. the Kings, and we have a benchwarmer in Buffalo who likes the Avalanche. So there you go. Right. <laughs> we, we have a bench warmer in Buffalo who wants nothing to do with Buffalo other than his. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is true. All right. At the end of the third quarter, we have a score of the Tom Bernanski fan club with 310 and wire to wire continuing to lead wire to wire with 395. Hey, we have the same first number. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That brings us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter known as put your fours up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. The categories for today's fourth quarter are as follows. Question number one, Yankee Doodle in the NFL. Question number two, London Bridge in Major League Baseball. Question number three, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star in Sports Logos. Nice. And... Question number four, Camp Town Races in Sports Etymology. It is now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question number one, Yankee Doodle in NFL. Last week, longtime Jags offensive lineman Tyler Shatley played his eighth game in long, breaking the record he shared with which former Bills and Jaguars linebacker This former Penn State linebacker is one of two players in NCAA history to win the Chuck Bednarik Award twice. We're checking in. Tom Brunanski fan club has checked in, so Mm. wire to wire, talk it out. The first name we were kicking around for Penn State linebackers that went to Buffalo was was Shane Conlon, but that goes back too far. That would have been pre-Jaguars, pre-London. There's a guy, um, he's way more recent than that. Uh, His name was Paul. Paul... Paul Puzlowski. Yes, that's it. That's it. That's it. I don't remember. Yes, very Polish-sounding name. Puzlowski or something. I don't remember how to pronounce it. Puzlowski, something like that. We'll have to spell it for credit. 
Or we'll just Robert Robertson did it. Did. Good um, luck trying to spell it for uh, for credit. Jeez. Yeah, I can't uh, speak it. Can't we can't spell it? No, no, it is. It's something like P O S L U S Z N Y. Yeah, that's got to be who it is. I think there's a D in there somewhere. You think? Uh huh. If it is the silent D, I don't remember. There's. We're gonna check in with Paul Pozlozny for ninety points and Tom Berdansky fan club. Josh, I'm not a fan of either David or Adrian right now. What happened? The first thing I typed was Paul Puzlesny, question mark, and then we kind of worked it out because I always conflate them. There's a guy on Notre Dame who had a similar name, but anyway, <laughs> Josh confirmed that Puzlesny was a, a Penn State graduate, so we also checked in with Paul Puzlesny. Well, then both teams are receiving their points because the correct answer was Paul Pozlozny, and I also misspelled his name roughly seven times, putting it into the answer <laughs> of this <laughs> sheet. Was David correct? It is P-O-S-L-U-S-Z-N-Y. That's what he says. <laughs> oh, by the way, oh, we, leave we... it to the Ivy League guy to know how to spell. <laughs> Can't spell uh, but I can spell Pozlozny. <laughs> just for the record, we, we bet 100 on that. Or oh, yeah. 100 Good point. on that. Hey, we gained 10 points. Woo! Hey. <laughs> According to LinkedIn, Paul Zlesny followed his NFL career with an MBA from Carnegie Mellon and now works as a strategy analyst for Raytheon. Oh. There you go. Yikes. You can add him okay. to your network. He's probably yeah. only two degrees removed from you if you're... Let's go on to question number two, which is London Bridge. Going into the 2023 MLB playoffs, which playoff team has the, the least amount of playoff wins as a franchise. I guess we'll check in. All right, Wire to Wire has checked in. <laughs> so for a couple of seconds, Tom Bernanski fan club, talk it out real quick. All right, real quick, uh, we're down to Arizona and Milwaukee. Um, you know, I, I'm not a recent baseball guy, but in terms of historical baseball, I know Milwaukee made the World Series in 82, back when they were an AL team, lost to the Cardinals. But to get there, you only had to win one five-game series, I think. Not seven game. It's a seven-game series. Back okay. then, it was a seven-game. Uh, West versus East. West versus East, and then the World yeah. Series. So you did have to win four games to at least get there. I mean, so Milwaukee's been around since 69. I know they've been terrible for lots of stretches. Mm-hmm. but they've been around since 69 way more opportunities to make the playoffs the diamondbacks i think other than their like big like spike years like when they won it you know in 02 yeah and i know they won it in 02 and i know they lost to the rockies no that was the padres i'd stand corrected it was the padres that lost to the rockies in 07 that was the matt holiday slammed his face on the plate and then they got swept by the red sox year one, two, but they've been pretty bad. But yeah, let's just go Arizona. I think that's the one that we just can't think of many times they've made it to the playoffs, especially yeah, far yeah. into the playoffs. All right. Checking All right, in with check the Diamondbacks. For 50. All right. And wire to wire. So we talked about all the same teams. The Marlins have only been in the playoffs for four, four times, but they went the world. I mean, they won the World Series, two of those. Josh, I can't remember when it switched, but I think in the early 80s, it was still best three out of five in the ALCS and NLCS. Almost positive. 
in the, yeah, really? the 92. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. In, in the when you yeah, got it, to 87, it was I know, I know, but I'm saying it's it switched over somewhere in the, I think in the 80s, and I can't remember exactly what year they switched. Uh, I'd probably okay. be able to piece it together. Early um, early 80s, early 80s it switched. Um, because in 86 for sure the Red Sox had to go had to win seven against the Angels. But anyway, we ended up going Adrian thought it was either the Rangers or the Brewers, and I thought it was either the Brewers or the D-backs. So we decided to just go, go with the intersection of the Venn diagram, and we went Brewers for 90. One team is going to be receiving their points with 18 wins at the start of this postseason. The Arizona Diamondbacks are the least winning team of the current playoff roster. So barely behind the Rangers, the Marlins were at 24 going into this. Uh, they are the winningest by percentage, but not the winningest by total wins, obviously. That's the Yankees, um, but the Arizona Diamondbacks. Quick score update here. Uh, we have a change in the leaderboard. The Tom Bernanski fan club has jumped ahead at 460, but wire to wire is still close behind at 395. Question number three, twinkle, twinkle, little star in sports logos. Of the four NFL teams with five-pointed stars in their logo, as in not the Steelers, which are the only two that play in the same division? We'll check in. Nansky Fan Club has checked in, so wire to wire, talk it out. All right, so we've got three of the four, but unfortunately they play in three different divisions. We've got the Texans, the Cowboys, the Patriots. Who are we missing? The Eagles do. Are there stars around the flaming thumbtacks of the Titans? <laughs> the flaming thumbtacks? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, there are. Around the, around the, yes. So that would be the Titans and the Texans then. That would be the answer, right? Yeah, they're playing the same division. Uh, they do, indeed. All right. That would be the AFC South. Super strong. Okay. We'll check in with the Titans and the Texans. All right, and Tom Bernanski fan club. I'm I'm upset that they got the same answer as us, but I can't be upset about flaming thumbtacks. So yeah, we also said the the Texans and the Titans. I would implore all of you to Google the Titans logo after you hear this and and have the same laugh that I just did uh, because it is absolutely looks like a flaming thumbtack surrounded by three five pointed stars. Uh, as well as the Houston Texans, who have a, have a star in their bowl logo. So correct answer was the Texans and the Titans. Well done. How many points did you guys wager? 90. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we, we wagered, I, what, 100? I, 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 All right. On to the last question of the game before we get there. The uh, Just a quick score check. Tom Bernanski Fan Club at 560, wire to wire at 485. It all hinges on sports etymology, a.k.a. Camp Town Races. What two-word expression, meaning without a doubt or no question, may invoke images of boxing or poker, but was actually derived from horse racing? When a jockey and his horse were so far ahead and a win was so assured that the jockey would loosen his grip on the reins. All right, we'll check in. Wire to Wire has checked in. So for a couple of quick seconds, Tom Bernanski fan club for one last time, talk it out. Uh, we good, Josh? I think we're good. Do you want me to, to to go with that? Go ahead. Well, this is a phrase that I use often, probably sometimes too often. But uh, in reference, I will say that we learned today that 
Boston fans are hands down the whiniest bunch of fans in the United States. Crime. (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit. You sniped me, you (laughs) Uh, So we are checking in with hands down for 60 points. (laughs) How much whining about the friggin' stars has happened on this podcast? And I'm the whiniest? Good lord. Okay. Oh, wow. The whiniest about franchises that have given them so many championships. Adrian, you're from Baltimore. We talked about the... I just got... Clocked in the back, dude. <laughs> Just right, sniped. Right. It's a, I'm gonna prevent the. It's a bench warmer backstab. <laughs> hey, I got to take a shot at two of you. It worked. <laughs> All right, wow. Well, wire to wire before this gets any nastier. What did you guys check in with? Well, we wagered ninety points, and we didn't want them to talk it out, so we had the we had the answer pretty quickly, but we were stalling. Um, it didn't so work. We. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, we had heads down for 90 points. Well, then, both teams are receiving their points. The correct answer was hands down. Yes. Um, their grips, they, you're so far ahead, you don't have to grip the whip anymore. Take your hands down off of the reins, win the horse race. So, well done to everyone. All right. The game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Not quite going wire to wire. Wire to wire finishes with a impressive score of 575 points. But our clipboard captains of the game who are receiving the coveted Billy Joe Hobart Award, Washington Husky legend, with 620 points is the Tom Brunanski fan club. Yay! All right, well, Victor's honors. Joe, anything you would like to say before we call it a night? Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, this podcast is awesome, and uh, please keep it going. And if you're listening right now, if you have a chance to support them, please do. Um, I feel like I just won in Kobe and Shaq's last year because I just got stabbed by my teammate right there at the end. But, you know, <laughs> at the same time, I'll take a victory. So it was a pleasure to play with you, Josh. First time uh, I've played with you. Adrian. Appreciate you. You were uh, a worthy competitor. You know way more golf than I ever will. And um, uh, David, the fact that I've won a game with you as an opponent is going to be something I keep on my mantle place. And Walling, great, great, great quiz. And, uh, you know, thank you for keeping the peace. Yeah. <laughs> and Adrian, would you, did you want to add anything? Um, just a, a, always a pleasure to be on with you guys. It was a great quiz as always. And and to agree with what Joe said, uh absolutely support the podcast, become a patron, and that's about it. Thank you all. Thank you all both for joining us and for both for being uh Patreon supporters. We we do appreciate you hopping on and putting up with some of my questions, even if uh Josh had to break out the who more times than he likes to in a game but on behalf of myself josh david and the rest of the bench one we'd like to say thanks for listening for, to, to the bench one trivia podcast and until next time we'll keep the bench one that ball hit high and deep stretch stretch 
Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.